You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in Vikings fans to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off of your next order. I'm your host, your pal, and the Katie Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. If you were not listening over the weekend, you may uh, be aware that there was an NFL draft this weekend. Real surprising stuff. Uh, we were doing shows all weekend, so you might have a few shows to catch up on uh, about day two and day three. You can listen to all of those. You might have missed the day three show. The upload of that got a little wonky, um, and it ended up going up later than it usually does. So you might have another show if you want to listen to the breakdown of all the day three picks. I broke down all six of those people in enough depth, as much depth as you can get to in a half hour. Uh, so go check all that stuff out today i've got a little bit of news we've got the undrafted free agents and i also want to talk about some of my kind of overall thoughts on the draft and then kind of where the show is going to head from here from here until training camp because this remains a daily show this is year round rain snow or shine baby except uh for now until next monday because i am taking a week off uh the draft is very tiring and uh, i am going to take a little bit of time to rest and recharge so we can attack the summer content and make some really really cool stuff that is still worth listening to even though nothing's going to be going on that's something i want to be able to provide as well as following up on some of my takes from the weekend i, I really want to dive in and uh kind of double check some of the things that i said i think that's a healthy exercise as well so there's a lot of stuff that i definitely want to get to but first let's talk about uh the news of the day outside of the undrafted free agents and stuff it's also uh Monday is the deadline for 50-year options on 2018 draft picks, 2018 first-round picks. So we've been seeing a lot of headlines about uh, fifth-year options here and there. Now, it was not expected that Mike Hughes's option would be picked up. It's been reported that it will be declined, although that's not like an action. They just don't pick it up. They just uh, they don't do anything, and, and his contract then just expires at the end of 2021. So unless there are any big surprises between the time I record this and the actual deadline, Mike Hughes is not going to have his fifth-year option picked up. And I don't think anybody expected him his uh, fifth-year option to be picked up. Uh, and it's a bummer, right? It's been a whole hell thing. His rookie year, he tears his ACL. And then his his second year, he spent, he misses a bunch of time. And then last year, he misses a bunch of time when now he's got this next stuff. And and we're not even sure if he's going to be able to come back. So the fact that he couldn't stay healthy on the field is, is really, really unfortunate. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if I remember, he was like one of the things about him was that he was a durable player and that like health and, and you know, availability, you know, the best abilities, availability and all that. And that they kind of drafted him thinking like, oh, he's somebody that didn't get hurt heard a lot. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I know he went through the Juco ranks and he kind of had a really weird college path, but I don't remember injuries being a part of that. Um, so it's really unfortunate. So that's like, there's no way to see that coming. And and that really sucks because it's like, we can't use it as a referendum now. Like they usually when you see a first round pick and then they don't pick up the fifth year option, you kind of go, okay, what went wrong there? And you can maybe learn something or you can at least kind of use it to say, well, what does that tell us about the front office? You can do find a way to glean some information about it but it's like i don't know he got hurt three years in a row seems like in, in different ways too it's not like he had one knee injury that he kept re-aggravating or there's something like he just kind of got really unlucky three times in a row and it's like ah well 
damn. Like, it reminds me almost of Kyle Rudolph's early career. And Kyle Rudolph's early career, I think he played eight games three years in a row. He missed half the season for three years in a row. And he was kind of tagged with that injury-prone label. And then he went on, like, a five-year Ironman streak. Like, sometimes it's just bad luck, even though it seems like too much of a pattern to be bad luck. But, like, all of this is really unfortunate because we can't, like, evaluate on the merits of did they choose the right cornerback or the right player or whatever. I know a lot of people wanted Will Hernandez instead. His career has definitely been up and down. I don't think we've, we would have been very happy with him as the guard uh, in if, if he were on the Vikings, especially considering the different things the Vikings offense does versus what the Giants offense does that's tailored more to his strengths. But Giants media has had plenty of uh, complaints about Will Hernandez as well. So sometimes it just is kind of a, a, a big bummer and it's like nobody's fault, but you just it's kind of sad. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe he balls out. You know, he finds a way to stay healthy and he has a good year as a corner. Um, you know, he beats out Mackenzie Alexander for the job and he plays as a slot corner and he ends up earning himself an extension or something like that. But for now, it seems like he's just going to kind of be rookie contract and go. That kind of sucks. But let's talk a little bit about the undrafted free agents. We get through as many as we can here, and then I can get to some of my more like overall kind of more philosophical thoughts. So as I have it right now, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got 10 undrafted free agents, which is about a regular haul of undrafted free agents. And I think it leaves them with like six roster spots left on their 90 man roster. So it's close to filled out. And we'll try to rip through these guys as quickly as possible so you can get to know them. And the first one I want to talk about is WAP Filer, the wide receiver out of Indiana. I think his uh, his legal name is like Mr. Did something. It's it's legal name is uh, a lot of words. <laughs> There's like three words to it. So we're going to go with WAP. Uh, and he, he goes by WAP because as a kid, he liked Whoppers a lot, which I think is a very important detail to know. Um, he's a wide receiver at Indiana. He's a little slot guy and his routes are like fine. His frame leaves a lot to be desired. And that's why he falls out of the draft. But he has a lot of burst to him and he plays really, really tough. Like he'll be the smallest dude on the field. It's like 5'11", 180. And he's just like popping dudes. Like it's it's really fun. I like his odds to like sneak onto the roster as like a slot only kind of guy. I mean, the Vikings have kind of kept Chad Beebe on the roster for a long time um, and you know, he's had his issues of, of athleticism and his drops issues and stuff like that. So, like, there is a, a good like all of these wide receivers, I think, have a way if they play out well in training camp, like they can make the roster. Uh, the next of these is three wide receivers in the undrafted free agent class. And the next one I'm going to talk about is Myron Mitchell, who is out of uh, UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. He had t- took like a community college path over to UAB. And a lot of the UAB guys, because their football program, it like kind of stopped for a while and then like came back and they, you know, you know, UAB's had a weird football program. A lot of the, those guys have weird paths like that, and that's kind of how you end up at, at a newer program like that. Um, but he's like a slender, speedy, deep threat type. He also has some kick return experience, so he could find a way onto the roster that way. And then there's Blake Prohl, who is the wide receiver out of Eastern Carolina. As far as I can tell, he's the first one they went and signed. Um, and I think he's one that they gave like more money to or whatever, which uh, usually indicates that they're a little bit more interested in him. A lot of people say that like guarantees him a roster spot or like a practice squad slot or anything like that. And I don't think that that bears out. Like I know uh, Neville Clark and Courtney Davis were the two last year, and I don't think either of them made the practice squad, if if I'm correct. So it, you still got to earn it. You, you got to not suck. And both those guys kind of suck. Well, Courtney Davis has sucked but uh neville clark i maintain if there was a preseason he would have found a way onto at least the practice squad uh but for prol he's a good like separation guy he's got good routes um but he doesn't take the top off the defense he doesn't have that like burst that kind of closer speed um he's more of a like technician type slot 
another kind of similar to WAP filer, very different in styles, but he, they would kind of compete over the same role in like the third team. Um, so those are the wide receivers. I got a lot more undrafted free agents to go over, but it's time to talk about Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. And they're offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. You can get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. You can text DRAFT at 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, which is the most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Let's also talk about Gramblin. I wonder if you guys made any money off of your draft prop the only one I made was that I thought Rayshon Slater would be the first OL off the board. I was wrong and I lost money. Uh, but if you have any good war stories from the draft or from any of your gambles, I want to hear about them at Luke Braun NFL. And if you want to get some war stories of your own, go to betonline.ag. Set up a free account. It's easy. You can do it on your phone, on your computer. Uh, and all you have to do is uh, sign up and enter your first deposit. When you actually make your first deposit of money to gamble with, enter promo code LOCKED ON. You get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will match half of whatever you deposit for free play money it's free grambling money uh my my gift to to you my generous gift use the promo code locked on at betonline.ag moving on with more quick undrafted free agent profiles next up is aj rose running back out of kentucky uh he's like a big thumper contact type he does not have home run speed at all he doesn't make anybody miss he gets the ball and hits someone um that's just his his he's a one cut and go hit someone kind of back which might make him like a better candidate for a fullback maybe um the vikings usually get a fullback in undrafted free agency just make cj ham beat somebody in camp and or you know give somebody to take the reps in like the third team you don't need to be giving cj ham third team fullback reps if you're gonna you know drill those personnel packages so they usually get somebody like that wouldn't be surprised to see him be that he also has a fumbling issue um so you know he's probably gonna have to learn the fullback position this is basically where cj ham started though so that's definitely a doable thing but you gotta beat out cj ham who's on like a veteran contract so that's pretty rough uh next up is tough borland the uh linebacker out of ohio state he is a very poor athlete and yeah he and he's like an experienced guy like that's his he's kind of like a oh he's you know not a dynamic athlete but he's this like kind of inside meat grinder sort of run defense uh linebacker um he missed a lot of tackles though his coverage he got kind of exposed in coverage a lot uh, the ohio state defense had a lot of issues uh late down the stretch and he was like part of them um he's experienced and he's got a lot of toughness i think he like had an achilles injury and he like rehabbed really hard from it and like got back to to the field and all that so he has a, a lot of kind of intangible you know kind of grindy qualities to him but i think the biggest thing with him is that he's not confident in his fits which you would hope you would be as a guy that like his whole thing is that he like started at ohio state for a long time and therefore has a lot of experience but he's still like kind of caught late sometimes or just kind of caught thinking sometimes and not really um confidently pursuing his run fits but his best plays are when he kind of has has the play diagnosed knifes downhill and like goes and makes a play and that's probably what gets him signed but obviously there's way too many problems for him to get drafted christian ellis is up next he is and i call him an outside linebacker out of idaho uh, some people have listed him as like 
like an edge rusher, linebacker, or whatever. Um, he's a, an edge rusher. I think he's a pass rusher. Um, but it, some people called him like a three-four outside linebacker. Son of Luther Ellis, by the way. Um, he's a good run fitter. Um, but he also he's kind of a thinker, not a doer. And and he, you can see that he like has the answer, but he's just too slow in getting to it. And you can kind of see the wheels turning sometimes. And he drifts when he does that, and he gets out of position. Um, and he's that's I think kind of the way for him to find success would be to just have the game slow down a little bit and get a little bit more uh, experience under his belt. And, you know, if he can sneak onto the team in a special teams capacity and then get that experience, you know, there might be a way to kind of carve out a role in the NFL. Next up is Zionde Johnson, another edge rusher out of the University of California, another golden bear to go with Cameron Bynum. He is uh, an awful athletic tester. His athletic profile is, is hideous. Um, he's like undersized and he's not agile enough. He's not explosive enough and he doesn't have any. So it's like totally undraftable athletic profile, but he's like this high motor guy with really good technique so that's kind of a concern right he doesn't have like he might be at his ceiling and that ceiling is undraftable but you know high motor technique that might get you somewhere i think it can only take you so far um and he'll probably have to find a way to either get a bulk or you know just kind of hustle his way into the league but sometimes those guys can surprise you if you know they they get things down and in the nfl if they have good enough technique and they can win a couple reps at just the right time when the coaches are looking they might be able to find their way onto a roster uh next up is jordan scott a defensive tackle out of oregon he's like a total pure nose tackle he's like a zero tech big beefy run stopping zero tech with good technique um the thing is he's undersized which is like Kind of the whole point of a zero technique nose tackle is to like be huge and he's not huge. Um, So he has good technique, but it's another kind of case of like, you know, technique can only take you so far if you don't have the kind of necessary measurables for the position. Um, And that's kind of where Jordan Scott is falling. But again, if he can win enough reps and just kind of win in spite of that, like he did in college, the, you know, and kind of prove that this will translate to the NFL, then then there might be a spot on the roster for him as a depth guy. Uh, there's a couple specialists as well. There's a punter they brought in. I believe he's a tryout, so it doesn't count as a true undrafted free agent. But they also brought in a kicker, Riley Patterson, out of Memphis. Um, he <laughs> kind of has a Ryan Longwell vibe where he's got like a long enough leg, but it's not a huge leg. And so his deeper kicks get a little bit off because he's got to, you know, kind of really swing at them. Um, but he also he had a really good 2019 and then kind of uh, declined a little bit in 2020. There was some wind in there, so that might be like an excuse. But it's also something that's going to happen to you in the NFL. So we'll see. And he'll probably compete with with Greg Joseph and we'll have to have a kicking competition. There will also be a long snapping competition between Turner Bernard out of San Diego State. And then, of course, Andrew DiPaolo. Um, he's a long snapper, man. I don't know. That is, as of this recording, the undrafted free agent class. Um, Rick Spielman also kind of in, in his post-draft conversations, he also kind of hinted that, hey, you know, maybe there's another wave of free agency here and they do have a lot of roster spots and they do have some cap space. So there could be somebody else coming in. You know, there's still edge rushers out there, Melvin Ingram and Ryan Kerrigan. Um, I, I talked a little bit about how I kind of think the pass rush is an emergency right now. There kind of isn't one except for Daniel Hunter and especially if he doesn't play. But even if he does, uh, you kind of like if you're preparing to the Vi- for the Vikings, I don't see really what is threatening you if you say, well, we'll just double Daniel Hunter all game and then just let the quarterback like be protected, I feel like you just are never going to get enough pressure. I mean, Tomlinson and Pierce will generate some and you might get some out of like a rotation from like Wanham and Weatherly, but that's not good enough. Like that's not starting levels of pressure. Um, so I, I have a 
really big concern about the 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 state of the pass rush unless like Patrick Jones shows out way more than a late third round pick typically should. But hey, they do have the resources to like go be aggressive and address it. And after the draft, prices tend to decline. Guys get a little bit nervous about taking a year off and they'll start to be a little more willing to take smaller deals. So maybe that's something that they can jump into. I also just want to uh, quick go over some of my overall thoughts of the draft and then we can kind of wrap up draft season um, and then we'll go into some kind of like uh, hindsight draft analysis after I come back from the week hiatus and then we'll go into what is I, I lovingly call the story time series which if you weren't around for the last couple years of the show basically we spend all summer going over uh, some of the backstories of the players we get to know where they're coming where, where they come from uh, you know all of the new Vikings we get to know their story who they are as people and not just you know Madden scores with cap numbers and draft slots associated with them because I think we kind of tend to boil these people down to, to numbers and stats a little too often and let's talk about them as like dudes. But for now, let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's all covered in 100% chocolate and it comes in all these indulgent flavors like, I think there's like a carrot cake one, there's raspberry cheesecake one, coconut brownie chunk, you know, more classic stuff like chocolate peanut butter, chocolate mint, chocolate orange and stuff like that. Uh, If you want to try that for yourself, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get a box. They are low in sugar, low calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, all the stuff you need. They're even keto friendly and you can feel like you're indulging on something nice without actually ruining your diet if you're trying to lose or maintain weight. So head on over to BuiltBar.com and you can enter promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You get 15% off of your order. Another gift from me to you. I'm so generous. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word, at BuiltBar.com. All right, so let's talk about the draft, like kind of haul as a whole. Obviously, the undrafted free agents don't move the needle about anything at at all. But there's a few things I kind of want to just touch on. Um, And I think the first thing is, so when I did my uh, episode on Saturday, about Friday night, my uh, my day two recap, I was not a fan of those picks. And I I haven't gotten enough of a chance to like look into them more. So I still hold to those takes, I guess. But a lot of people were really, really upset that I was like, I don't know if Chaz Surratt is like, a rosterable player and we'll see right and i wasn't a big fan of kellen mon he has some footwork issues um somebody was like how can you possibly say his mechanics are bad it's like i don't know he's got extra steps in his feet man like what do you want me to say and it brings me to kind of a larger point about like positivity and negativity when it comes to the vikings and, and uh, i think a lot of people really expect you know all right well these are the negative people about the vikings um and people that you know i, I think I, I hear a lot about judd zolgat as somebody that just is always kind of has a negative spin on the vikings this is God-given right, right? You know, I've seen a lot of people send me like a Matthew Collar take where he like has a negative opinion or something and be like, you know, hey, how look how wrong this is. It's like, man, I don't know. That's like his opinion. I'm not the positive guy that's going to go fight the negative guys. It's not that kind of binary. Now, I think I'm probably higher than most on the Vikings right now, but I think I have reasons for those opinions. I've got reasons to be a little higher on the free agents. Some people think Patrick Peterson was is just this like old 79 year old person who doesn't know how to play anymore. And they're like chasing a name because they're and I kind of get it a little more that I, I understand what they want him to do, I think. And, and I have a pretty good guess for like schematically what they're going to try to do with somebody. And I think they understand that he doesn't have the speed he used to have. Like they have data on that. They're not just blind to it. But I think similarly, and I hope that gets me enough kind of benefit of the doubt that when I say, hey, I don't really like this draft pick, you can kind of understand I'm being objective about that, that I'm coming to that conclusion for reasons that I'll try my best to describe. And I, I have a life rule that I kind of apply to sports, and that is don't hate something until you fully understand it. 
And and I think that applies way beyond sports. I think it applies to politics. And, you know, if you want to talk to somebody about religion and you like understand their perspective or even like interpersonal stuff, I never want to disparage someone's perspective. And I never want to say someone's wrong until I feel I have a full and like coherent understanding of what they're trying to say. And I think too often we will take what somebody says, make up a really dumb reason for it, and then attack that instead of actually trying to get to know what they're saying. And that can be a really good a, a way to learn. And so when it comes to the Vikings draft, I want to make sure that I kind of stay true to that because and I said it a whole bunch of times in the Saturday episode. That's why I was constantly saying, like, look, I reserve the right to change it and blah, 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 because I don't fully understand Chaz Surratt yet. I don't have a full, like, great picture of his pre-draft evaluation, and I want to go get a full great picture of his pre-draft evaluation before I fully lock in that I don't like the pick. So you can think of it more of a as a hypothesis right now and not a conclusion, and I'll come to the conclusion later, but the thing you always get on this podcast is that when I go through that process, I'm going to do it out loud, and you'll be able to hear every thought that brings me to that place, and that's going to mean that sometimes I start in one place and I end in another, and that's not hypocrisy or wishy-washy or anything like that. That's me kind of learning out loud and going through my process with you. That's what this show is. I'm the kid you copied off in math class. I'm showing my work. So that is, I think, why right now I'm probably more sour on the Vikings draft than most people are. A, I think there's a lot of projects and, and projects in and of themselves aren't uh, like necessarily a bad thing. But when I look at the projects, unless I look in and I see that they have more complete skills than I thought, I've already looked into Kellen Mond a little bit and understood the basics. And my opinion of him has increased a little uh, so far. And I'll get more into what that is. Um, but I guess I understand him in the third round, at least. And as I go through kind of the same process with Chad Surratt and Janarius Robinson, who I think might be my least favorite pick of the, of the day. But right now, as I kind of take from other scouts and people smarter than me that have done that work and kind of see how they're describing a lot of these players, it seems like there's a lot of players, you know, with athletics upside, but everything to learn. And those players, sometimes those projects worth work out, and especially in the late rounds, I think they're in general worth the swings. But I, I kind of have learned, I guess, to, to put that on the axis of what the to-do list is. And that is why, like, I was so high on Quiddy Pay before, because I saw him as raw, but the to-do list was very short. The to-do list was, you know, his hands are good, his get-off is good, his, uh, you know, his agility, his athleticism is off the charts, he, ha he has the motor. All of those things are already set to go. You just got to teach him a couple of pass rush moves. That's a pretty short list of things. With somebody like Janarius Robinson, you have to teach him bend, you have to get him bulkier, you have to teach him an entire pass rush arsenal, you have to fix his hands, you have to fix his get-off, you have to fix... Like, you have to do a lot of stuff. And if they do a lot of stuff, yeah, now he's really athletic, but there's, like, a lot of work to do. And I have all the faith in Andre Patterson, you know, as anybody, but that has to, like, affect their, uh, their probability, I guess, of panning out the way we wish that they did. I am pretty bothered that they didn't really address their 2021 problem at edge rusher. They seem... Either content to get a free agent, in which case, fine. Um, but if they don't, then it's like they're just kind of trotting Stephen Weatherly out there. And I feel like the odds of that working are too low. To me, that feels like trotting Dakota Dozier out there and just kind of hoping it's OK. You're just like being OK with being down a starter. And I don't really like that, like procedurally. 
But, you know, we'll see, right? That, that's not necessarily a prediction about how they will turn out. All these guys could, sure. I'm just saying, you know, how likely is it? And then compare that to kind of what they spent and all that stuff. And I kind of feel like, you know, they also reached a ton on like the, you know, against consensus. If you use Arif Hassan's consensus board, which the Vikings usually defer to consensus a lot. And it's really interesting because the Broncos deferred to consensus a lot with George Payton. And now the Vikings didn't. So maybe they trust their board more than consensus. And George Payton was the one going, well, consensus said this. Why don't we kind of, you know, utilize the wisdom of crowds a little bit more? And again, there's st strategic reasons to do that or to not do that, right? Treadwell was a happy consensus pick. There's a lot of times when consensus lets you down. Um, but, you know, again, we'll have to see how that goes. I think that's more interesting than it is like good or bad. Um, but what is another really interesting thing, this is pointed out by Stizo in the Discord. So thanks for pointing this out. This is really cool. Um, a lot of the guys the Vikings picked were guys that were seen as higher picks until later in the process of the draft. And they kind of fell as the pre-draft process wore on. If you look at uh, grinding the mocks with Benjamin Robinson, who does this project where he takes all the mock drafts when they were published and then kind of averages out like where you are. And there are guys that are getting mocked, you know, in the second, third round. And then either their pro day happens and they do a bad pro day like Jalen Twyman or they have an injury like Wyatt Davis and they kind of fall away. And sometimes there's stuff, you know, like with Mac Jones and Justin Fields where nothing really happens, but discourse. <laughs> people kind of talk about them more or more people get to their tape and they fall. So it, there were a lot of players that like fell as the draft process went on. And I think that's really interesting. Um, there's a lot of different reasons that could be. That could be, you know, a, a very classic Spielman thing, I, I think, is find the guy that's falling for a stupid reason. You know, a total super freak like Daniil Hunter, who is falling because he didn't have enough production at LSU, but he didn't have enough production at LSU because of the way their alignments worked and stuff. And he was often not asked to be. That. And like there were like these kind of genuine reasons, like find somebody who has a valid excuse, I guess, maybe as a better way to put it. Maybe Jalen Twyman has a valid excuse for why he bombed his pro day, he put on too much bulk. And if you take the bulk off, he's fine. You know, find the player who's falling because of an injury like Wyatt Davis or this goes back to Greg Childs and you know, all these players that like maybe had injury histories. But now at this point in the draft, you know, at uh, in the third round with Wyatt Davis, it's totally worth worth the risk that he's not ready right away because a he played in his pro day. So what is the probability that that risk bites you? Probably pretty low for a guy to play like participate in his pro day and then not be ready for week one. That seems kind of backwards. Um, and B, even if he isn't ready for week one, he'll be ready eventually and you still get, you know, that percentage of the contract, which makes it worth it. And you can do value assumptions there. I think that's a really interesting pattern um, that the reasons for which are all interesting kind of strategic nuggets that we might be able to pull out to see what the Vikings look like in a post George Payton world, because we knew the Vikings draft strategy would change a little bit when uh, Payton was hired away to the Broncos, not necessarily their evaluations, because, you know, they're evaluating guys year round. So half of this draft still kind of is a George Payton draft, but maybe we get a little bit of a nugget of kind of their strategic principles and philosophies and kind of how they try to gain an edge against the field. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing to think about beyond just try to be right about the players, which will always be the most important thing. So all of that is to say, you know, my promise to you, I will not fully dump on a pick. I'll say, you know, hey, my initial reaction is I don't love it. But if I go back into it and I see reasons for it, I will, you know, say that and I'll say, oh, I get it now. Or I say, okay, I understand what they were going for, but I still don't like it, and here's why. And I think that's obviously going to be a better process. 
So remember, I will see you all next week. So a week from today, Monday, there will be a Locked on Vikings. Not going to be any shows uh, for the next week here, unless there's like an emergency podcast, you know, somebody dies in a plane crash or something. But other, you know, barring crazy emergencies or big trades or something like that, I will catch up with you next week on everything that happens. So take care. Uh, Love you all. Be safe. And as always, Skull.